welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com. This Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you're looking for any kind of podcast, for any kind of sport, for any particular team, there is probably a podcast for it on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. So go to BlueWirePodcast.com, check out all the different podcasts they have, go out onto your Apple subscription or your podcast app or Spotify or whatever you use and subscribe to those podcasts because there's a lot of good ones, including this one, although today you're probably not going to like me too much because I am going to dive into a whole lot of things that I absolutely hate about this Denver Nuggets team right now. I think there are some glaring red flags with this Denver Nuggets team through five games, and I really want to get into why I feel that way and what needs to change for this Nuggets team. So I'm going to get into a bunch of different topics from the 122 to 107 loss to the previously winless New Orleans Pelicans on Halloween night, in addition to Michael Porter Jr.'s debut and a couple other things. I want to talk about just how horrendous Nikola Jokic has looked so far this year. I want to talk about how Jamal Murray still has not grown into a more consistent contributor that the Denver Nuggets need him to be. We'll talk about that the Nuggets without Will Barton do not have a wing player who can create and why that's so impactful for this Denver Nuggets team, especially when Nikola Jokic is not playing his best basketball. We'll talk about how the Nuggets spacing has been awful. We'll talk about how the Nuggets aren't creating the right kind of three-pointers. I'll talk about how effort was the worst part of this loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about Paul Millsap struggles, and we'll talk about the need to play Michael Porter Jr. more and what the Nuggets can do to try and find some way to get back on the correct path. I know I've been getting killed on on Twitter because I'm making a lot out of this loss, but I genuinely believe that this loss is not an individualistic or a singular moment. This is a um, snowball effect of all of the other issues that have plagued the Nuggets for other games. And yes, they are 3-2, and two, but if Nikola Jokic does not have a 15.8 rebound fourth quarter against Portland, if the Kings didn't blow a fourth quarter lead, a I think it was a 12-point fourth quarter lead, if somehow the Nuggets don't get past that Phoenix Suns team in overtime after fouling Ricky Rubio from half court when the Nuggets were up by three to end regulation, the Nuggets are suddenly without a win in Owen five. And if you haven't seen how everyone has reacted to the Sacramento Kings going 0-5, just imagine what it would be like for the Denver Nuggets. And they are they were very, very close to being in that situation. Of course, they do have their three wins. So this is a very different conversation now because there's not a doom and gloom around the team, but that doesn't mean the play on the court has been any better. And that is an important distinction to make. And I think it's important that we look at this Nuggets team for what they have been, not what, not what we think they can become because as of right now this Denver Nuggets team is all in on winning this season and they need to prove it every single night and so far they have not been able to do that so I'm gonna have some takes I'm gonna be I'm gonna have some very uh clear frustrations with this Denver Nuggets team but at the same time hopefully this is a revealing conversation for people because I do think there are a lot of issues that have led to the Denver Nuggets struggles they are having so far Um, also to finish out this podcast I will be answering questions from listeners as usual Um, as you could expect after this loss and the fact that Michael Porter Jr. had his debut today there were a lot of thoughts from Denver Nuggets fans that were conveyed to me through Twitter so I will be answering a few questions as normal but 
But before I go any further, I gotta give some love to the Regulators Production Group because they are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast that make this podcast sound much, much better than it actually is. I sound more professional because I have their professional beats on the intro and outro. So thanks to the Regulators Production Group. You can find them at Regulators Regime on Instagram. If you want to reach out to an individual and not a company page, you can reach out to at Rod Simba. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A for any of your audio production needs. They are the best of the best. So definitely make sure to go make some time. I'm going to take a quick break and we will come back and get into all of these issues that the Denver Nuggets are currently dealing with. to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I know I have a beard, so it seems weird, but I do use Harry's, and I use their blades because they're very, very strong, and you don't have to worry about constantly getting replacement blades, so I can keep my beard lined up and straight all of the time. So, when I can get a close shave, an easy glide at a low price, it's something that makes me extremely happy. So do me a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. It's just $2 a blade. Harry's is also super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription, and there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love their shave, let them know in the They'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire and start shaving better today. this off on the right foot, I'm not going to be nice about this game. I thought there were some very clear issues with this Denver Nuggets team that were not just a one-game event, but more of a product of what has happened over the first five games of the season, and nothing is more pressing than the fact that Nikola Jokic has looked entirely disinterested and not engaged in the game whatsoever. And this is a big problem, not just because Nikola Jokic is the best player on the team. That is a big reason why this is such a, a problem. The Nuggets are going to go as Nikola Jokic goes, but the other side of this is that every single bit of this Denver Nuggets organization is built around Nikola Jokic entirely. Their defensive scheme of hedging and playing up the court and pick and rolls is to allow Nikola Jokic to play at the level of the screen so he's not getting attacked by guards with a you know straight line drive and a bunch of speed going at him while he's backpedaling. The offense is built around him for good reason because he's the best passing big man that's ever lived, but the entire offense is predicated on his playmaking, his ability to function as the fulcrum of the offense at all times. So when Nikola Jokic 
gets this disinterested, this distance from this distanced from his offense, this completely lackadaisical approach to the game overall, it doesn't just hurt his play, it completely takes the entire Nuggets roster down a gigantic amount. Because again, everything the Nuggets do is predicated around Nikola Jokic and what he does on a basketball court. So when Nikola Jokic is no longer bringing that to the game, everything else around him slowly starts to fall apart. And I think that while it's easy to look at that as a coaching issue, as why would you build everything and put all of your eggs in one basket, but this is also a a symptom of the fact that the Nuggets only have one star player. Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, none of them have stepped into that role. They have not become the legitimate, concreted second star alongside Nikola Jokic, so they can only rely on Nikola Jokic to be that guy night in and night out, but now Nikola Jokic has not been that guy. And because of that, the fabric of what has woven this Denver Nuggets organization and the way that they play on both ends of the court is starting to unravel. And that's not to say that the Nuggets are coming apart at the seams. I'm saying their schemes are coming apart at the seams for the time being because of Nikola Jokic's disinterest in the game itself. And that is why I think the Nuggets offense has been so bland and has been so out of whack. And Nikola Jokic has to take ownership of this. Nikola Jokic is paid like a maximum contract player. Nikola Jokic has been given the keys to the entire organization. Nikola Jokic is the reason the Nuggets run this offensive and defensive scheme, and Nikola Jokic, whether he likes it or not, is the guy that everybody looks to on this team. He is the best player on this team. He is their MVP candidate. He is the reason that they have even the slimmest chance of being an NBA Finals contender this season. If the Nuggets want to be the best version of themselves, Nikola Jokic needs to take ownership of what is going on on the court and actually play like a maximum contract player. He is not mentally in the right mindset to be the maximum contract player the Nuggets need him to be through five games. He has been checked out. He has been lackadaisical. His defensive effort has been laughable, and he has not been an MVP caliber player. He has not been a first-team All-NBA center. He has not been the Nuggets' best player, and they need him to be that because right now, Jamal Murray cannot be that guy. Right now, their bench is has not been good. Right now, Paul Millsap is not able to pick up all of that slack. The only way the Nuggets are getting out of this rut is if it starts with Nikola Jokic and he takes them out of this rut. Yes, Nikola Jokic is better when things are loose and happy. Yes, Nikola Jokic is better when the team is just playing with joy, but he has to find a way to also play well and productive and help his teammates despite the fact that he is frustrated with them. There were multiple moments in this game and games prior in which something went wrong and Jokic just threw his arms up in disgust as opposed to getting back on defense. Jamal Murray had a turnover trying to get the ball to him. Jaheel Okafor had a run out for a dunk or actually it was a one-handed layup. And instead of getting back on defense or even giving an attempt to slow things down or even take a backcourt foul like he loves to do so much, he just threw his hands up and looked at the opposite end of the floor in disgust as the the Pelicans went down and got another fast break bucket because of it. Nikola Jokic cannot be that guy. Nikola Jokic has to be a leader. Nikola Jokic has to grow into the face of this team and the heartbeat of this team. He doesn't have to be the only leader. He doesn't have to be the only voice. This is not a dictatorship. This can be an egalitarian locker room, just like it is an egalitarian offense, but Nikola Jokic has to lead that charge. He has to be the one to set the tone and actually create that environment where people can grow in that way. 
Because right now, everything is predicated on Nikola Jokic, and Nikola Jokic is not coming through, and the Denver Nuggets are suffering in a big way for it. So while not everything is on Nikola Jokic, the blame is going to fall on him because this is his team, and he has the ability to pull them out of this funk. Whether or not he will do that sooner or later is completely up for debate and is out for the wind right now, but that was the one of the worst performances of Nikola Jokic's career in terms of effort. Yes, he's had games where he has not shot seemingly out of protest yes he has had games where he has been checked out but this one in particular was much more so um I guess the biggest worry I have because of this game was that it wasn't just this game it was the game before it and the game before that and the game before that so if Nikola Jokic is not going to bring it every night there are going to be issues that then bleed into the rest of the roster and Nikola Jokic has to be the one to stop it um I'm going to move on from Nikola Jokic because I have ranted enough let's talk about Jamal Murray real quick because because the reason that all of this pressure is on Nikola Jokic's shoulders is because there has not been another player who can step up and pull this Nuggets team out of the funk that they are in and get them back into a functional offense. Jamal Murray has undoubtedly grown tremendously as a playmaker in the pick and roll. His ability to put passes where they need to be and to be patient in that way has improved dramatically. You cannot take that away from him, but his lack of consistency as a scorer, his lack of assertiveness, his lack of knowing when he is going to assert himself or when he is suddenly going to disappear in an off-ball role, that does not allow the Nuggets to rely on him supplementary to help pull this Nuggets team out of these um, lulls that they are that they are currently stuck in. So Jamal Murray has to take some blame for this too because while everybody had projected that Jamal Murray was going to take a very big leap this year, he has shown no signs of that leap yet. Again, he has shown a lot more proficiency as a facilitator in the pick and roll, but he needs to do more than that. He was not brought here to be a facilitator. It's very, very, very important that he develops that skill so he's well-rounded, but they need to depend on his jump shooting. They need to depend on his three-point shooting to space the floor. They need to depend on his ability to get downhill, break down a defense, and kick out to open shooters. So far, he has not done those things, and on top of that, he has not been a consistent scorer. He's not been able to produce as a jump shooter or as a guy going downhill to the rim at all this year on a consistent level. He's taking a ton of fading one-legged mid-range jump shots and you know shots of that nature that are extremely tough and low percentage that only are going are going to account for two points. Jamal Murray has said he wants to get back to playing like he did when he was at Kentucky, taking a lot of threes and kind of just mindlessly going out there and doing what did what feels right, playing instinctual. But he has not done that yet. I have not seen that yet, and that's why so much of this pressure has fallen on Nikola Jokic's shoulders. There's no one else to take that burden off of his shoulders because the Nuggets have no one else they can rely upon to run the offense for them when things get out of whack. And Jamal Murray needs to find a way to improve in that way. The other thing that is hurting this a ton, in my opinion, is that, yes, Nikola Jokic has been bad, so the fabric of the team is unraveling a bit on the court. Yes, Jamal Murray has not proven that he can be the second star that has alleviated Nikola Jokic, but to just put the cherry on top of the awful ice cream sundae that has been this Nuggets five-game stretch is that they don't have a wing player right now who can create either. Will Barton was doing that before he got hurt. He was a guy who could get his own shot or create for others and attract some level of attention from the opposing defense to create better looks for his teammates, whether it was hockey assists, regular assists, or creating his own bucket. But without Will Barton in this game, 
Torrey Craig could not do that with the starting unit. And without Jamal Murray being able to consistently take the reins of the offense with Nikola Jokic struggling and Nikola Jokic struggling, the offense fell apart. The offense turned into a bailout plan to where they would move the ball side to side, never actually attack the paint and try and break down the defense, and take a last-second three-point shot above the break trying to bail themselves out of another bad offensive possession. Yes, they had six passes. Yes, four of the five players on the court touched the ball in that possession, but they did not break down the defense and there was no intent to attack. There was no actual forcefulness to them trying to attack this Pelicans defense, which has been one of the worst in basketball this year. Again, this these are things that are a symptom of each other. This is a snowball effect. Nikola Jokic cannot run this team to a false on Jamal Murray, who cannot run this team. So all of a sudden, they are lacking a wing creator. So suddenly, the offense is just entirely dysfunctional and, un, un, and unable to operate at a level that is going to allow them to win basketball games, despite the fact that they are playing one of the worst defenses in all of basketball right now. So those are issues that are not going to go away unless Will Barton gets healthy or if Michael Malone finally decides to play Michael Porter Jr., which I will talk about more. Trust me, I'm going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. I'm also going to write about Michael Porter Jr. There's going to be a whole lot of Michael Porter Jr. talk because I think it's a very important discussion to have, but give me a second here. Let's move on to Denver's spacing issues because this isn't just a player issue. This is what they are creating on the court as well and how these five-men lineups are being built. So when Torrey Craig started tonight, he just mucked up all of the spacing. While Torrey Craig could be a 37% three-point shooter, teams are never going to defend him like that. If Torrey Craig hits four threes against you and you lose, you tip your cap. That's what opposing teams are going to do. This is not a knock on Torrey Craig. He is just, unless he becomes a 40% shooter one year, he is not going to command that level of respect from opposing defenses that allow the Nuggets offense to have the correct spacing with him on the floor. That is just what it is. And when you add in Millsap's inability to consistently space the floor, and pull defenses out, suddenly there's not much room to work with anymore. This was an issue the Nuggets had last year. It's an issue that is currently plaguing them this year. So... With that being said, how do the Nuggets fix those spacing issues? Well, for one, Torrey Craig is the biggest culprit in my opinion. Paul Millsap is a power forward who knows how to find his spots. So you can at least trust um, Paul Millsap to figure out how to be productive despite the fact that he hasn't been able to space the floor. When it comes to Torrey Craig... He has not been able to space the floor. He gets lost off ball offensively. He tends to cut, not be able to catch the pass or not finish at the rim or do something that is some kind of stumbling over the Nuggets offense. And because of that, they have not been able to create that cohesive egalitarian offense that the Nuggets have been that have that has become their identity. The reason he's starting is because of his defense, but tonight his defense was just as abysmal as everybody else. So in my opinion, from what we have seen so far, Michael Malone needs to find a way to either limit Torrey Craig's minutes or pull him from the rotation for now to get more floor space and a more offensively dynamic forward Michael Porter Jr. onto the court because it's not working as currently constructed. The Nugget spacing is not functional. Also, I think the Nuggets need to play a lot more small ball, especially off their bench unit. And this is 
going to sound crappy because Mason Plumley has been generally a good player this year. He has helped this Nuggets team. But the Nuggets bench unit, when you have Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, and Torrey Craig potentially all on the court together with Monte Morris, who has not been able to hit a shot this year, you're starved for spacing once again. If you pull Mason Plumley off the floor, play Jeremy Grant at the five more off the bench, have Michael Porter Jr. play some backup power forward, and then have Malik Beasley, um, Monte Morris, and then one of the starters out there with them, suddenly you have a unit that is not just going to be able to defend but can run can shoot and really spaces the floor so I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they need to have less Tory Craig and Mason Plumley and a little bit of more small ball with Jeremy Grant at the five the other thing the Nuggets need to do particularly with the starting unit is they need to stagger Millsap and Jeremy Grant straight up, which means taking Millsap out at the 8- or 7-minute mark of the first quarter, get Jeremy Grant in to have a 3-4 minute stretch with the starters, and then bring Paul Millsap in for Jeremy Grant to get some time with the bench unit to function with the bench unit as the fulcrum of the offense when Monte Morris is playing more off-ball. That just makes so much more sense to me to get the most out of both units, but we'll see if Michael Malone wants to do it. He is significantly smarter than I am about basketball. Still, the Nuggets need to find a way to get Michael Porter Jr. to play more minutes. Especially when Will Barton is not playing. Again, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, pick your forward not named Will Barton. The Nuggets do not have players who can create for themselves or for others at the wing position other than Michael Porter Jr., who showed he could do that tonight. And not just against garbage time minutes, but actually in the first half against a real bench unit. So... The Nuggets need to find a way to incorporate him. I have absolutely been in the camp that Michael Porter Jr. needs to earn all of his minutes, and I still feel that way. But with with Will Barton's injury, the situation has shifted. Now the Nuggets aren't just trying to make him earn his minutes. The Nuggets need Michael Porter Jr.'s minutes to be the best version of themselves, in my opinion. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he has not gotten a lot of run. Yes, he's inexperienced. Yes, this. Yes, that. I don't care. They need a versatile, offensively-minded, dynamic forward who can do more multiple things, and create shots for themselves and for others when the offense breaks down, because right now, they don't have that, and it's really crippling this offensive unit, so they need to play Michael Porter Jr. more. I am just fully there, and I don't understand. You know what? I do understand, but with Will Barton's injury, and it's good that Michael Malone played him. He played him over Wancho Hernan Gomez. He played him 21 minutes tonight. He played more minutes than Paul Millsap did, so he did play him, but he needs to play him more in a very particular way in my opinion and where I'm at is fuck it start him next game I'm I'm really getting to that point to where if Will Barton is not healthy and this Nugget starting unit has been so dysfunctional go put someone who fits that starting unit better offensively to get them out of this funk Michael Porter Jr. has showed that he is willing to play off ball offense whether or not he is great at it yet or is able to find exactly where to be at any given time is still entirely up for debate he's not there yet but he brings so much more in a skill level to the floor than Torrey Craig does, and right now the Nuggets offense absolutely needs that. So I would be very surprised if Michael Malone does not find a way to play Michael Porter Jr. more minutes from this point going forward. I don't give a shit what it takes. Open the open up your rotation to 11 guys if you have to do that, because right now, the way things are functioning, it's not working, and they need to make some kind of shift to be able to make it better. Um, the other thing when it comes to spacing is that the Nuggets' three-point shooting is not lending itself to spacing, because instead of creating good three-point shots, they are using it as a bailout plan. Then they're... 
the best way I can phrase this, as, as like I said earlier, is the ball moves back and forth side to side. There's never actually any penetration or collapsing of the defense, and they just chuck up a shot from above the break to try and create some kind of points for that possession. What that leads to is the f- wrong kind of three-pointers. Instead of creating paint threes, like Michael Malone has spoken about extensively, the Nuggets are instead creating these grenades for each other where they're basically passing the ball to a guy like Tory Craig with four seconds left on the shot clock and saying, better get a shot up, and that's not going to work. The Nuggets need to collapse defense, kick out to open three-point shooters, and swing the ball that way. You don't pass back and forth just to pass back and forth. You try and create an advantage so you can get the defense scrambling so you can get a player open because you're playing four-on-five defense because someone is out of position. That is what you're trying to do with this pass-happy offense. Not just move it back and forth, but actually create an advantage. And they did not do that tonight. They moved the ball back and forth repeatedly and never actually created an advantage for themselves. And that's of the biggest part for me is the kind of three-pointers they're getting because right now they're getting above the breakthroughs as bailouts, not corner threes because their offense is functioning at a high level. The next thing is I, I, I this is the, this is also the biggest worrisome thing in a team aspect, not just for Nikola Jokic, but the effort overall was abysmal. Torrey Craig, who is lauded for his defense, and that's why he is even playing right now, let Brandon Ingram just run right by him off of made free throw to get a very, very easy wide open layup in transition. Jamal Murray is making sloppy passes. There's guys who are not closing out to three-point shooters. Nikola Jokic is not getting into his sets quickly. The effort does not exist for the Nuggets in the way that it should currently, and that's why. Michael Malone went ballistic on his team tonight to the media. He basically said, and this is according to Nick Cosmider of The Athletic and Mike Singer of the Denver Post, who are both on the road. I am not on the road. But Malone called their effort bullshit. That was literally the quote, was it's bullshit. And it's he's right. The Nuggets have not earned the right to just skate past teams. This Nuggets team entered this game as if they expected just to win easily, knowing they're the better team, they're more talented, they don't got to show up. Well... They got their ass kicked showing up like that, and that's why Michael Malone was so livid with his team after the game to the media and seemingly behind closed doors as well. So the Nuggets, I don't care what the Nuggets try and fix out of this whole list of things that I'm talking about. If they don't fix their effort, it doesn't matter because they will continually be behind the eight ball over and over again if they live that way. They have to find a way to play with great effort, and if they don't, they will not be the NBA Finals contending team that many have pegged them as. Last thing from this game that I'm going to yell about, because I'm already 20 minutes into this rant right now, but Paul Millsap really struggled tonight. And not just really struggled, I mean, he got into foul trouble early because he couldn't contain Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram literally took him off the bounce from the perimeter and went right by him over and over and over again. And when he didn't score on him, he drew a foul and was able to get to the free throw line. Paul Millsap is in Denver for his defensive acumen and his ability to play within any set, but as of right now, his defense has been a step slower, especially against more perimeter-oriented big men or just power forwards, because nowadays small forwards are playing power forward like Brandon Ingram tonight, and that just isn't going to get it done. That's why Paul Millsap played the lowest minutes on the team of anybody that was not a garbage-time player. If Paul Millsap is not hitting threes and he can't be a productive 
defensive player, he ends up in a very similar situation as Torrey Craig. And this is not to say that Paul Millsap is on the same level of a, of a player as Torrey Craig. Paul Millsap is significantly higher and has the resume to prove it. But for what this Nuggets team needs, for the fact that they need more spacing, for the fact that they need more athletic ability, for the fact that they need more weak side action and off-ball movement... Jeremy Grant makes more sense right now, and that's why Michael Malone had to go to him multiple times in this game to be able to stem the tide because Paul Millsap could not do it himself. Now, this creates a very difficult conundrum because if you are Michael Malone, how do you bench the guy that was the reason that your defense finally got into the top 10? How do you bench a guy that had finally gotten Nikola Jokic to accept ownership of this team to some level? How do you bench the guy that has earned every cent of his $30 million a year contract for the past three years? That is an extremely difficult conversation to have. And I'm not sure if Malone will have it for quite a while. That does not mean he should. I think he absolutely needs to start Jeremy Grant at some point. I think it's fine if Malone keeps starting Paul Millsap, but the more and more we keep seeing Nikola Jokic and Jeremy Grant on the floor together, the more and more it makes sense that they should be playing more and more minutes together. And right now, they are just not. And if Paul Millsap continues to struggle like this, I mean... Josh Hart stood his ass up in the post. Ingram blew by him on the perimeter. He got into foul trouble, wasn't able to defend well, wasn't able to space the floor. If he can't do those things, it's going to be very difficult to create a role for him, especially with Jeremy Grant being right behind him, ready to go. That was a lot of negative things, and I talked way too much about it, but I'm going to take a break, give you a quick ad read so I can pay some bills, and then we'll get back into some more sad stuff and get into the mailbag portion of this podcast. So give me a quick second, and we'll talk to you guys here on the other end, on the other side of the break. Holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders, or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're even getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered on time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making it really easy to manage all of that from one device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. Companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter Prode BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen.
usual, I asked for some questions from Nuggets fans and listeners of the show, and I got a bunch. Um, I picked five as I usually do. It's really hard to answer 12 questions when you already cover a full game and all these different thoughts that I have. So it's hard to get through all of them, but if I don't get to it and I you really want an answer, DM me, send it to me again, let me know that you know it was an answer in the pod, whatever. I will do my best to get to everybody, but it does get a little difficult because Twitter is a hellscape and I like to avoid it. But let's dive into this. Goat DFS asks, should Jokic be benched? This is a more interesting conversation than I think that is really there. I don't think that Jokic should be benched. I don't. I'm not there yet. I do think that there is some merit to giving Nikola Jokic a night off. And this is not to say, like, Nikola, you've been bad. Sit your ass down. You're not playing for the night. It's, Nikola, you look burnt out. You look tired. You've played basketball all summer long playing for Team Serbia for for the FIBA World Cup. Why don't you just take a night? There's two days off before next game. Take another rest and then have another day off, and you'll get four full days without basketball. That is something that I think could be beneficial potentially. But again, it's only been five seasons. Nikola Jokic is the best player on the team and a max contract player. Should not need mental days five days into the season. But maybe there is some merit to it. I don't know if I'm at the point where he should be benched, but maybe the conversation could be broached by Michael Malone. It's an interesting way to look at it right now. Colin Cram asks, at what point does Jokic mental resignation and refusal to get in shape become a long-term concern for a team trying to build around him? As I responded to you on Twitter with this, I spoke a lot about this in the second segment to basically kick off the second segment, but I think this is a big issue that if Nikola Jokic tends to get frustrated and that it you know hurts his play on the floor with the Nuggets built so dependent on Nikola Jokic, it makes everything worse for the Denver Nuggets team. When it comes to the refusal to get into the shape part, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around what what does Nikola Jokic look like when he is in shape? I'm at the point where I think he looks exactly like this. He, well, he would probably have less weight on him, be a little bit stronger and more nimble, but I don't think his body type is going to change. So... I'm at the point right now where I can't decide if Nikola Jokic just doesn't care if he's out of shape. It could be one or the other. It could be both. But I'm at the point right now where it looks more like Nikola Jokic is just disinterested more so than he is out of shape. It looks like he could do what he needs to do and he just isn't doing it. Um, Aaron asks, should they trade Beasley or Craig for an actual sharpshooter? This is, I've gotten like six different things about trades today that I have seen and there's probably been a lot more, but... Who the hell are the Nuggets going to trade for? I need an actual tangible trade idea for this to be a topic that I actually get through. Ryan Blackburn of Denver Stiffs, a good friend, he brought up the idea of trading for Gordon Hayward and maybe sending out, you know, Paul Millsap's expiring and making the three-team deal and send out Beasley and Hernan Gomez, but... I don't know if there's a trade out there that is really that much of a needle mover right now. Bradley Beal would have been the one, but he can't be traded now that he signed his extension. So until there's an actual player that is worth going after that really moves the needle for the Nuggets, I'm not willing to really dive into trade proposals. I'm just not there yet. Plus, it's been five games. Just because Malik Beasley is over for five games after being one of the most, you know, impressive breakout players last year. Let's give it a second. Um, Trevor W. asks, does MPJ crack the rotation now or is it still too small of a sample size? 
MPJ needs to be in the rotation, especially with Will Barton hurt. If Will Barton is hurt, Michael Porter Jr. needs to be playing 20 minutes a night because he adds something that no other wing player other than Will Barton can add to this team, which is shot creation, whether for himself or for teammates, and an attention on the court, whether it's as a shooter from the three-point line, whether it's getting downhill. Porter Jr. was awesome in this game. I was so impressed with what he brought to the table. I mean, first of all, he led the Nuggets team with 15 points despite playing 21 minutes. He had, I believe, four rebounds, but was in the thick of it trying to get rebounds consistently. His defense was bad. Don't get me wrong. His defense was not good, but his effort was there. He was doing what he could to be impactful, and that means as long as he keeps that effort high, he will continually get closer to the defender that the Nuggets need him to be. Um, there are a lot of people like that, that I am very like big fans of their opinions of basketball that do not believe Michael Porter Jr. will ever be a helpful defensive player, that he'll likely just be a C for the rest of his career. But from what I have seen, it does seem like he has the skills and he has the talent and he has the God-given ability to be an impactful defender and he has shown the mental energy being put towards it that will allow him to get there. On top of that, he was getting downhill finishing at the rim. His lefty blow-by of Josh Hart and lefty finish at the rim was gorgeous. His pull-up three-pointer from the top of the key after, off the dribble was gorgeous. He looked so good in this game and he needs to be in the rotation. I don't think he will be right away when Will Barton comes back from his injury but with Will Barton out I do think Michael Porter Jr. will be in the rotation last question from Tim what is going on with Monte Morris I think what this comes down to is that Monte Morris is getting the least minutes of the 10 men that are in Michael Malone's rotation he has no rhythm he is playing in a unit like I said before that usually has Torrey Craig Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, which has killed the spacing and he has not really had the benefit of the bench unit having chemistry they have not looked like they are comfortable playing together it's so bizarre that the Nuggets' continuity was their biggest advantage going into the year, and they look like a team that has not played together at all. And that's really going to hurt them in the long term. They need to get wins now, because as the season goes along, the rest of the Western Conference teams that went through upheaval are going to get more and more comfortable, and the Nuggets need to be a little bit of ahead of that curve, in my opinion, to have the best possible season they can. So, um, Monte Morris just needs more minutes, and he needs the right kind of lineup, because when you have that lack, that, that just... Without having that spacing, Monte Morris cannot be Monte Morris. Also, Monte Morris has not hit his shots and has been much more lackadaisical with the ball in his hands. And those two things cannot be what Monte Morris is. His best skill is that he is a sure-handed point guard who you do not have to worry about making mistakes and he has not been that guy. Thank you for listening to me with my very extremely long-winded, angry rant about this Denver Nuggets team and where they are currently at. I know this podcast was not positive. I know this podcast had very few things that were happy, and I know that I did a whole lot of shit talking about where this Nuggets team is at, but I do think it's important to hold this Nuggets team accountable for their issues while also being cognizant of how talented they are. Yes, they're still the second youngest team in basketball. Yes, they have a lot of development to go. Yes, it's only been five games, but these are real issues that will not go away unless they are addressed. So that's why I've hammered this so hard. That's why I've been so abrasive on Twitter about why I'm so upset with where this Nuggets team is at compared to where they could be at. They feel like the the Nuggets banked on internal development and there has been zero internal development from last year to this year that we have been able to see through five games. 
That's not good. That is the antithesis of what the Nuggets organization is built upon. So until they figure that out, I'm going to be worried, and they could they could figure it out very quickly. This is not to say that these are issues that are not overcomable. They absolutely are. The Nuggets could win by 40 points in three days, and all of a sudden, the Nuggets are right back on track. But as of right now, these issues are real, and they need to be spoken about, which is why I did. But Thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews. They're stacking up, and I really appreciate people doing that. Please go leave me reviews on Apple Podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Write a review out. Tell me how bad I am at this. Tell me that Brendan Vote used to keep me in check, which is still my favorite review I've ever gotten. Um, all those things are awesome, and I appreciate them a ton. So please go do that. Share this on social media. Reach out to me if you have questions. Keep interacting with the show. It means the world to me. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back again in a couple days with a new show. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.